Paul, when are we gonna stab somebody? I mean, whenever you want, Larry. Just like in real life, he'll always have the ability. It's just that there's gonna be some consequences. I feel like we don't usually stab people. I mean, yes, we kill NPCs all the time, but often through violent negligence. Well, when are we gonna negligently kill some NPCs? I feel like so far all our problems are really far away, and killing someone to assert dominance won't help. We have drowned people in beans, Elvis. And in pizza dough. And, and let's never forget about Captain Hot Sauce Man, that was pretty gruesome. Okay, Mason. When I made Captain Hot Sauce Man, I was thinking, like, pepper spray. And then people got open wounds during battles, and Paul took some liberties with describing the effects. In fairness, Captain Hot Sauce Man was as horrified as anyone. Yeah, but people respected Captain Hot Sauce Man. At least after the first encounter. Well, with destruction on the table or not, Laura, you had a nice dinner with Deb. She tried to talk you into the idea of taking a bath and wine, but it would be really expensive. Also sticky. She was worried about bacterial infection from honey, but there's a lot of sugar in wine, too. Mason has his spy stuff, and Elvis, you eventually go back to your quarters after they confirm that that girl's gonna be okay. Actually, I want to talk to Mason. Okay, Mason, what are you up to? Probably annotating my books again. It's my only hobby, really. Hey, Mason, can I talk to you for a second? Sure, what's up? Well, I've just been thinking, like... Is it a really good thing that we're trying to secretly destroy the whole mining operation? What? Why? What, what do you mean? Well, like, that's what we're supposed to do, right? Is mine the asteroid? You can't squeeze blood from a stone. There's nothing left to mine. That's true. But our whole society is based around this mining operation, so if, if we stop doing that, don't we have to base society on something else? I mean, I guess. We'll revolve it around not doing that. Who, whose fault is this? I mean, I don't know. God, I guess. The singers are who we blame this on, who are not gods, by the way, because if they were, they'd snap their fingers and the asteroid would be mined. They wouldn't need us. Well, I get that. But I was thinking more over, you know, like, everybody in our community kind of needs us. What are you trying to get at? Like, what if in respect for that, all of us agreed to not do as much drugs? You're the only one who's doing drugs. Well, I'm just saying, what if, on average, as an entire group, we all agreed to do slightly fewer drugs? You know, for the kids, to impress the kids. You know, like like on Monday, we take a break. Well, you're responsible for 100% of the average, so if you did that, yeah, it would lower the average drug use. Hey guys, what are we up to? Oh, hey, Larry. Elvis was just suggesting that on Mondays, what if none of us do drugs? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm on board for that. Okay, cool. See, so we've all agreed that on Monday, we're just not going to smoke random stuff that people hand to us, no matter how cool it looks, and that'll be the rule from now on, that we all follow. Yeah, that's a really good rule. I've not been doing that, but I really like that it's going to be, like, official. Elvis is just going to break the rule. Oh, no, I won't. On, I'm, I'm the Mason. one who's proposing it. He's going to break it. the rule, and then he's going to come back here with a huge dramatic story about how he tried and he failed. Nuh-uh. Yeah, huh? Nuh-uh, because it won't be a story. It barely has a beginning, middle, and end. It was a Monday, and then I smoked something because it looked cool, and I didn't know what it was. That's it not a starts, story, Mason. It starts with Monday. In the middle, you smoke a drug, and it ends with you crying about it. It's not a good story, but technically it counts. No, you're only making leeway for the definition of a story to win the argument. It's not a real story. No one would want to well, hear it. Well, you flesh it out with more details about your motives, and it would become a story, right? There would be an internal conflict in everything, like the story of your struggle. It's an external conflict. Drugs are attacking me. No, it is internal. It is a classic tale of man versus but self. No, because someone keeps giving the drugs to me. 
All right, that is an externality. There is an external conflict. You don't have to accept them. No one is, like, forcing them on you, all right? There is an internal conflict. You don't understand me? You don't understand story structure? I storm out. Man, Mason, you know, a story can have both internal and external conflicts. Like, Larry. Elvis could be influenced by his friends negatively, and that's external. I don't even know what that was about. He originally came in here complaining about the mining operation. Oh. Well, he might have been high. Still, you probably ought to try to support him a little better. Why don't you support him? I've got stuff to do. I mean, I'll support him when you support him. I mean, I did. I was I was willing to put it in writing that we don't do drugs on Monday. Great, we'll chisel it into a stone and put it up over the mantle. Okay, good job. Paul, I head out to find Sasha. All right, we'll say it's that time of day. You go to meet up with her. Okay, take her to one of the remote parts of the colony, where we won't see very many people. So, uh, Sasha, I've been thinking a lot about what's going on with the mining colony. If just the slightest thing goes wrong, none of Brock's plans are going to work. If that happens late in the game, there's no going back. But what if something happened at the very start of the operation? Like, what do you mean? Like if somebody got hurt? No, I mean like, what if the ignition fuses for the blasting charges were faulty or something? Oh. Oh. Look, I'm not trying to back you into a corner or anything, and I'm not saying you have to but I think if maybe there were some sort of early setback, Brock might lose faith in his own plan, and we could try to stop and negotiate a better one. Well, we have backup fuses. There's some redundancy built into all these systems. I mean, they'd all have to be faulty. It's all right. I'm sorry. I'm just speaking out of nervousness. You shouldn't take it seriously. No, no, no. I've been thinking about this a lot, too, since I learned about it. But, I mean, if Brock's current plan fell through, what do we do next? I suppose that in a year, we could tell the singers we couldn't get their loot. And after that, we find out what happens. They fly off and we never see them again. Then we have to work from there. Is that really all we got? That's the only one that leaves staying alive on the table if the singers don't pull through for us. But here's how I see it. If the singers really are benevolent, they'll help us either way. This relationship is purely transactional. They'll drop us as soon as we have nothing left to offer. We've got no leverage over the singers, so everything is up to their behavior, which we've never tested like this before. All right. I'll get that. I think you're right. I'm not going to promise anything, but uh, I'll look at it. Will you give it some real thought? You know, let me know if you need anything from me. I will. But don't worry, I think I can handle it. Lowry, Elvis, are you guys up to anything of note in the meanwhile? Nope. I want to go find Brock. Brock's in his office. It looks like he's going over the plans for the deconstruction of the asteroid. Hello, Elvis, what can I do for you? I'll, um, I just wanted to come in here and tell you, sir, I'm planning on laying off of drugs and alcohol every Monday. All right. That's good. Uh, You know it's not a good idea to quit cold turkey. Withdrawal is not a friendly creature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's just, you know, I told Mason and Lowry, and, um, I don't know, they didn't seem very supportive. Oh. Uh, well, look, Elvis, a substance problem can be pretty trying for everyone around you. All your friends do really want you to get better, I can promise you that, but it's a very long road, and everyone always gets their hopes up too soon, and... Then, as you know, if it doesn't pan out, everyone feels sad and disappointed, and sooner or later they can get a little jaded. Sure. Sure, okay. But I still wanted someone to be excited for it, you know? Because a lot of my drug friends still want me to do all the drugs, and they think it's really funny. I never ask what I'm taking. They're like, here, take this! And, and then it's like a mothball or something. Well, I'm still rooting for you. And if you can stick to just Mondays of sobriety for now, I'll be proud of you. And, uh, also, word to the wise, they may seem like more fun, but your drug friends sound like kind of awful people. <laughs> I mean, it's, sometimes it's not a mothball. 
Well, it, it and just of course, sounds... of course, no one's ever no one's ever in their best state of mind when they when when they no, have you no, eat a mothball. No, I suppose they wouldn't be. Do you think I'm going to end up like Lowry? What do you mean? Will you end up like Lowry? Well, I noticed that Lowry doesn't have a lot of women in his life, and I do. But all my women are m- mentally impaired, so I'm kind of wondering if I have to fish in a less grungy pond. Um, like, am I still going to have the same kind of luck? Sure. Yes, I mean, when looking for a serious relationship, you're liable to strike out more than once. We all do. Anyone who says anything otherwise is just blowing smoke. But if you were clean, you're still young, and I'm sure that there's someone out there for you. But will the new girls do all the same stuff that the old ones do? Because my old ones have low self-esteem and would do, like, anything. Elvis, and, and, and I mean, like, anything, you know? In the long term, like one relationship time, I, is... I, I, I I I I rented one of those floor buffers, right? And I, I was drunk when I got it, but then I was too lazy to use it. And, and later, I had a girl come over and I asked if she wanted to buff and polish the floors. And I was inebriated at the time. I didn't think she'd do it, but she totally tried. Uh, uh, she did not do a what? very good job, but like seventy percent of the floor was shiny, like brand new. After that, and 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 I I don't want to lose that in my relationships. Just to be clear, this isn't a, a metaphor for something in the bedroom. No, no, Nothing is, no. Is I mean, I mean, for that type of thing, I figure you just communicate, you know, like everybody. But but okay. But I okay. But I I don't know if I've heard of anyone's wife to be willing to take a risk on operating a floor buffer on the cold open like that. I mean, that that's that's the drug life, man. That's the wildness. Well, there's there's more to life than a polished floor. Elvis, are you impaired right now? No. No. Maybe? A little? Is it obvious? I thought I was covering it pretty well. You gave up the game a little towards the end. Uh, Elvis, listen, ideally in 20 years, the floor buffer thing and many other stories will just be amusing anecdotes far behind you. But the important thing is that you not give in to despair or start thinking you'll never get out. Because it's important that you do, and that you keep up your spirits. I'm looking forward to you cutting substances out of your Mondays. And I'm looking forward to you taking more days off down the line. And I tell you what, as soon as you get a whole month with no drugs, and you're not having any withdrawal, I'll come and buff the floors. We'll make it an event. Really? Like a theme party? Sure. Maybe we'll do a floor buffing race or something. We'll do a little morale boost for the entire colony. If you make it, maybe we'll talk about doing another fun party past that. And that's your goal. Every milestone, we do something fun for the whole colony. And no one has to know it has specifically to do with you. It'll just be between you and me on that secret. Okay. Cool. Very cool, yes. Uh, keep at it, Elvis. Was there anything else that you need? No, no, no. I gotta plan out my calendar and get the floor buffer level sobriety. Fantastic. Alright, keep me posted. And okay, the next workday rolls around and goes by mostly uneventfully, but Brock and Demo Dave have a brief argument towards the end of the afternoon. They don't talk about the details, so it's nothing but the rumor mill until the following day. Alright, listen up, bandmates. Looks like we've had an incident with some of the chemicals we use to make our blasting charges, so we're going to have to improvise. Today we're going to empty out your missile pods and use that material to prepare our blasting, so be advised, you're going to have to go without, and we won't be able to replenish that ammunition. That's all. Dang it. After work, try and get a hold of Sasha. She agrees to meet with you for another walk in hydroponics. Hey, uh, Sasha, did you happen to do that thing that we discussed? Mmm, uh, I don't recall us discussing anything in particular. Uh, right. Sorry. I must have gotten confused. Okay, Paul, I guess we'll just have a nice normal date and not talk about the sabotage. Fair enough. But as another point of interest, you notice that Padre left you the signal to communicate. You go to collect his message, and it says the following. 
I believe Brock is unwilling to give up on his misguided plans. Even if all the professional equipment is destroyed at once, we'll be forced to pick away at the asteroid with chisels and hammers if Brock thinks it will prove to the singers that we're working hard. Therefore, I suggest we take more direct action and address the problem at its roots. Brock will not allow a day to go by without at least one band working, and we can use this to furnish our goals. I would like you to announce an end-of-the-world party for all three bands. I would like for you to serve spoiled meat to cause sickness to all attendees. I will insist that I plan my own party of a similar vein so as to excuse my bandmates from going. But my hair and I will attend your party as a show of good grace. With all bands but mine sickened and all band leads out of commission, Brock will be forced to lead a band himself with my own loyal crew behind his back. They will offer him some persuasion, and with that I believe the problem will be solved. Oh, Padre is escalating pretty quickly. Okay, I ought to think about this one. You know what, in fact, maybe I haven't been diplomatic enough with Brock. For his sake, I'm going to try one more time to reason with him. You know, if Padre finds out that you met with Brock after this letter... Uh, sorry, never mind, I'm not there. You are right, voice in my head. But Padre's a bit of a kook. Apparently more of one than I thought. I'm pretty sure if it comes to an open fight with the guy, I can take him. But Self, what if Padre is a rival male who tries to steal your female? You need to pee on his stuff to assert your dominance. Okay, valid. Uh, I thought you were the voice in the back of my head that warns me about impending danger, but clearly you're one of the deeper monkey bits. Look, voice, uh, I'm, I'm not going to take that off the table. Pee on his listen, things! I'm, listen, I'm not going to take that off the table. Definitely going to remember that I can do that, but I'm really more about social status right now, okay? Okay. 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 Social status equals girls. It sure does. And the best bananas. Paul, I go to see Brock. You find Brock in his office going over some documents. You can see at a glance it's a series of record sheets for signing materials in and out. Excuse me, Brock, am I interrupting anything? No, I'm just trying to review what happened to our explosive materials. Actually, that's what I wanted to talk about. Why? You know who's responsible? The consequences are going to be very severe. No, uh, no, I meant that I wanted to talk about the broader issue. There is no broader issue. We'll be using the munitions instead, and we're still on schedule. Okay, but that's the thing. Accidents happen. Sometimes certain plans wind up as duds. There's no such thing as a real schedule, Brock. Is that what you think? That there's no such thing as a real schedule? Well, that would explain an awful lot coming from you, wouldn't it? What, would it explain that I'm a realist? Yes, really likely to fall off schedule. Okay, you know what? You've been in charge long enough to answer this. About how many man hours do you think it's going to take to get this work done? You already know full will. We've discussed we can make it by the end of the year at our current capacity. That is not what I asked. I mean, how many man hours? If there's an issue in a kitchen, can you add more chefs to make up for lost time? Absolutely not, because there's only so much kitchen space. Every other factor plays in. You can't solve all the problems by adding to them, so some schedule problems are permanent. You know, Mason, I can see that if it were you in my situation, you'd give up the minute you found out the explosives were sour. You find yourself with a problem in the kitchen and think the answer is to get more chefs. I think the answer is to ask the community to pull out portable stoves, get the chemistry guys to bring out their Bunsen burners for a while. It won't be gourmet, but we'll see everyone gets a hot meal, you understand. I understand you're lighting the kitchen on fire in the hopes that we can use the flame to cook enough food to feed the chefs that are still inside the building. Well, as they say, if you don't like the heat, then get out of the kitchen. Okay, I tried to be rational with you, but if you're going to pull out common sayings as just broad-level blankets to cover your butt, then, then I can see we're past the point of discussing this like adults. Broad sayings become popular for a reason, Mason. 
Because they're easy to remember. And because they're truisms. Oh yeah? Then what does it mean to say a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush? Well, I don't know. That one has been lost to time and I don't think anyone says it anymore. Exactly, because it stopped being relevant. You should think for yourself, Brock. The kitchen is an asteroid. I can't get out. But you know what? Fine. Have it your way. Thank you. I am and I will. End of the world. This is the end of the world as we know it. Who knows if there's going to be a tomorrow? And you know what? I'm going to throw a party about it. A big end of the world party with drinks and fresh meat and, and tons of girls and you're not invited. Do what you want. Just be ready for work the next day. I will. And you don't forget your matches, arsonist. I slam the door. Pee on his things! Shut up in her voice. Write a reply to Padre. Tell him his plan is acceptable and I will make preparations immediately. Go down to the kitchen, order up some raw meat, throw it in my personal fridge, then unplug the fridge so the meat goes bad. I just want to point out, intentionally giving yourself food poisoning is super dangerous and very dumb. There's the inner voice that's worried about danger. And don't worry, I know it is. You inner voices are great, but I got my forebrain for this. Do you? Because it seems like you're not using it. Uh, also, don't stand too close to ledges. You might fall. I'm terrified of heights. Noted. Uh, thank you. And okay, I'm going to wait until the day before we're supposed to set off the explosive charges. Then I'm going to announce to the bands that I'm having a big end of the world party. And all the band mates are invited. Woo! End of the world party! Let's get naked! Elvis has the right idea. Yeah, let's get naked. Uh, Lowry, you got to keep your clothes on. Ah, oh, man. Kinsey, the third band leader, says, I don't know, Mason. That doesn't seem like the kind of message we should be sending. Oh, come on. It's just the band members only. And it's all for fun. And also for the nerves. I like to have a little bit more levity about this whole thing. Well, I suppose one little toast to the end of the world is appropriate. But let's also raise a glass to the next one, can we? All right. One glass for the end and one for a new beginning. Speedo's coming off. I'll see everybody at the party. Okay, maybe I can go technically dressed, but I'll just wear a thong. No. Regular clothes, Larry. You wear regular clothes. But Elvis is already running around with his butt cheeks out. Yeah, he's a free spirit. What are you going to do? Padre approaches you. My friend Mason, that is such a cool idea that my hair and I already had it, and we were already planning on throwing such a shindig for just our own band tonight. Oh, come on. You're full of crap. I bet you don't even have any ribs. I got barbecue ribs. Ribs do sound salivating. I will extend an olive branch. My own private party is so, so much cooler, and so much more exclusive. But I will visit your party as a show of camaraderie and partake in the ribs. All right, fine. Just make a big entrance, all right? You know I could do nothing else. Hey, Mason, could I invite some ladies? Uh, I didn't order that much meat, so I don't know we can do plus ones. Well, isn't your new girlfriend gonna feel left out if she didn't get to go to the party? Like, that's sort of a perk of dating a band member, you know? And all the Padres guys aren't going to be there, so that's a few seats open. Sure, you know, but it's just going to be band members, so I, I wasn't going to invite Sasha. That's cold, dude. She's going to be upset. Well, who are you going to invite? I was planning to ask around to not make it weird, but being honest, probably Deb. Well, she's right over there checking the equipment. Why don't you just invite Deb? Because, man, I don't want her to think I zeroed in on her. I want her to feel like she's being chosen from among my hundreds of options. That's stupid. Just invite Deb. Well, just to be clear, we can't invite girls. That's okay, right? Well, like, I mean, no, I can't say that because Elvis will invite so many people. He's already naked and halfway there. He won't know you said it's okay. All right, fine. Invite Deb. Just be careful and don't eat too much. Is that a dig on me or on Deb? Jeez, I'll let her know it's a stingy party. Yeah, look, I just, just leave some for everybody, okay? 
Paul, now I've got to go find Sasha. Yep, she's clocking out of work from the demo lab. Oh, hey, Mason. Hey, Sasha. Uh, I came by to let you know we're doing kind of a party type of thing. Sort of celebrating the end of the world. Oh, I didn't know we were celebrating that. Uh, you know, I'm... <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's, it's kind of ironic. Yeah, and uh, I'm mad at Brock. Oh, so... So Lowry's bringing a friend, a lady friend. To your angry at Brock party where you celebrate the end of the world. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying it's in good taste or anything. I just wanted to let you know I thought about you and wanted to let you know that you're invited. And Kinsey insisted that we put a positive spin on the whole thing, but I know you and I are both kind of concerned about the way things are. So it's funny, but also anxious, and I want you to feel included. So uh, I, I, you can, I'd like you to come. Okay. Yeah, because um, I, I think we agree with each other, like as, you know, like a personality kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I can go. I mean, maybe we can hang out a bit. Okay, great. Uh, heads up, though, the meat might be spoiled. Oh. Yeah, so don't eat the meat. Well, you should definitely throw it out. No, don't. Uh, you should throw it out. I mean, you, you, you should throw no. out anything that you think is spoiled. What do you mean, no? If the meat's bad, you shouldn't keep it. Just buy new meat. It's like a party's worth of ribs. And it was in my fridge, but I noticed that my fridge wasn't working after I announced the party. So maybe it's fine. Maybe it's fine. I mean, I'm just going to go cook it really well. And I don't want you to get sick, so... Well, even if you kill all the bacteria, you know it still leaves behind the poison. You can't know how much enterotoxin is going to be in the meat. It could be really bad. Yeah, I mean... But also, no. I mean, like, there's a, there's a voice in my head that's worried about that, but I'm ignoring it. Well, that voice is smarter than your... It's going to be your funeral. Uh, are, are you a little angry at me? I feel like there's a little bit of... No! I mean, a little? I feel like we... This all had more severity than, than deserves a party. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, I got kind of backed into a quarter. And, and in spite of all that, I'm really glad that you're coming out to witness my last day before I die from food poisoning. You can throw out the food! But anyway, you aren't going to change your mind, so you make your preparations, set out drinks, play some music, everyone has a good time. Kinsey makes a toast to the future of the asteroid. I know everyone's been nervous lately, and this is supposed to be a celebration of the end, but with each end, we get a shot towards a new beginning. May it be a good one. Everybody cheers, they toast, Padre shows up and eats just a very small amount of the food before excusing himself with the explanation that he already ate at his own, much better party. By the next morning, everyone is vomit-sick and running a fever, and two of the three bands cannot get out of bed. <laughs>